weird or not or sort of hidden movie franchises yeah so the idea we sort of teased it at the end of last week but the idea is it's movie franchises that you may not have heard of and kind of hidden gems and secret franchises so it might be a franchise you've never heard of or you might have heard of the first movie but you had no idea that that it was followed up by six or seven or eight sequels we, we, st- we wanted to do this because we were fascinated by the Fast and Furious franchise we weren't just mm. going to do much details that yeah. might be a future episode but just of how like in depth it is for what it is um, but we'll start with your one because you've got several I, I do have several here so I mean the, the, the first one that um, sprung out on me so you know the film The Mummy 1999 The Mummy yeah. which is directed by Stephen Summers and it's a, a sort of a loose remake of the 1932 film starring Boris Karloff. I didn't know it was anything to do with. Well, you know the kind of the classic the idea mummy. of the mummy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, like wrapped in bandages. That's that idea is from this 30s movie with Boris Karloff, yeah. who also played Frankenstein's monster in the, right. in the classic Universal Frankenstein movie. Anyway, but this has Brendan the, Fraser. This has Brendan Fraser <laughs> and Arnold Vosloo, the, the modern, oh, I forgot him. <laughs> the yeah. modern day Boris Karloff, Arnold Vosloo. <laughs> hey, get your ugly face off of her. <laughs> So there's a sequel then to yeah. The Mummy, The Mummy Returns right. in 2001. I saw that, yeah. 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 There's also a third film, uh, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor in 2008. Which no one cares no about. No one saw that. That was without Rachel Weisz. Ra- Rachel Weisz yeah. replaced Same by, character. by Maria Bello, okay. yeah, yeah, I think. Look, kid, I put down more mummies in my time than you. You put down one mummy, Dad. Yeah, same mummy, twice. Then there was a fourth film in the works, never really happened, it got dropped. They're now, um, surprise, surprise, developing a reboot so that'll be a, a reboot of a remake but no Brendan Fraser no Brendan Fraser it's going to be a complete you know, fresh start but and then in 2002 one year after The Mummy Returns you had this film uh, Scorpion King which um, The Rock in, in The Mummy Returns there's this character Matthias who was the Scorpion King and he's actually a villain in, in that movie but this is like a, a prequel um, that explores that character's origins okay. I've come for the woman and so that's a, a spin-off from the sequel to the remake. <laughs> All right, so that's what we've got so far. Already a bit confused. You're a bit lost. No, most people have heard of The Scorpion King. They've, yeah. they've heard of the first film, even if they haven't seen it. I sometimes forget that that was even The Rock. Yeah. This, is, this is back in the day where we used to take the piss out of Dwayne Johnson because of his name Dwayne. Dwayne. And now he's become possibly my favourite action star. This is before The Rock was the saviour of franchises. Yeah, but yeah. when they would inject him, it doesn't always work. G.I. It didn't work with this, did it? <laughs> it didn't work with this, and it didn't work with G.I. Joe 2 no. reta- uh, retaliation. Yeah. But... Now The Rock is the saviour of franchises, as Fast and Furious proved. People have heard of The Scorpion King, they might not be aware that The Scorpion King became its own 
franchise. It's kind of like a spin-off franchise and actually still a thriving franchise through direct-to-video. Really? Yeah, so... <laughs> so the Mummy... Uh, sorry, Scorpion King came out in 2002. Okay. Six years later... You've got um, Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior, which... Um, is that still rock? Or? Well, no. It, the, oh. Misleadingly, it's, there's no rock, yeah. um, and it's actually, even though it's called 2, it's actually a prequel um, to the Scorpion why King. Do they do, why do they always instantly go for the prequel? I think, I guess it's because if you lose your star, it's sort of, sort of more convincing right. to go for a, a younger character. Okay, fair enough. So this is, a, this is a prequel to the Scorpion King, which was itself a prequel to The Mummy Returns, <laughs> which was a sequel to a remake. Um, yeah, no, The Rock, uh, the rock did not retur- return. Dwayne was out of there, and he was okay. replaced by uh, Power Rangers Time Force actor Michael Copon. Or <laughs> C- Copon. Um, because, you know... But so I think they were aware... Which, which Power Ranger was he? Uh, I'm not even sure which one he was. It was Time Force. It was, but, you know... Oh, right, it's so not classic Power Not classic not Power Rangers. Not the main one. Um, but obviously they needed a little star power to replace the, the lack of Dwayne. Yeah. Um, so... The, <laughs> then the, he got in. So, so the main villain, Sargon... Um, was played by Randy Couture, uh, <laughs> UFC champion, nobody's favorite expendable. <laughs> There's a legend of a warrior who rose up to defend his people and became a king. Now, Universal Pictures and the producers of The Scorpion King bring you the story of how it all began. In ancient times, there arose a fearless warrior. The Order of the Black Scorpions. Who became the personal bodyguard of royalty. But when his father is murdered by the king, he must destroy the one man he was sworn to protect. From the director of Resident Evil Extinction and Highlander. And starring Randy Kutcher comes a heroic tale of loyalty, betrayal, and revenge. The Scorpion King 2, Rise of a Warrior. I mean, the, the original Scorpion King wasn't exactly Citizen Kane. No. But the, the sequel... Makes uh, it look like it is. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have a quote here from one critic who describes it as cheap, ugly, deadening, <laughs> lacking even the common decency to be unintentionally funny. It's sheer ineptitude increasing with each passing scene. <laughs> Um, obviously, based <laughs> off of that, based off of this, um, you know, warm reception that it received and huge, huge box office receipts, they they made another one. So in twenty twelve, you have Scorpion King three: Battle for Redemption. This one isn't actually a sequel to the Scorpion King. Okay, well, there's always when they do sequels and things. There's yeah. always words like redemption or yeah. resurrection. Superman or... versus Batman: Dawn of Justice. Why? Why does it always have those kind of words? They, isn't it? they bloody love a colon. Yeah. That's all I can say. So this is a sequel. To the Scorpion King. Okay, so it's cut, this is a third film. So this is this is Scorpion a, King. So this is Trinity. a sequel to spin-off, which was a sequel to the prequel. Of, <laughs> so yeah, so so it's a sequel to the prequel of the spin-off of the sequel to the remake. Okay, this one. All right. Um, <laughs> Michael Copon, he had better things to do. So <laughs> Even he was like, do you know what? Copon's gone. I'm out. In his place, you've got, um, and in the Rock's place, you've got Victor Webster. Um, Don't know who that is. Probably best known for his role in Mutant X. Do you remember no. Mutant X? <laughs> Mutant X. <laughs> Mutant X was like before the Marvel movies, before even the first X Men movie in two thousand. Um, all the sort of rights were up in the air, so people would just make rip-offs, basically. Right. So actually, this was, I was looking up, this was produced by this guy Avi Arad, who later went on to found Marvel Studios. Oh, wow. But he made the show Mutant X, 
which um, <laughs> which starred the lead guy was John Shea or she who was Lex Luthor in, in Lois and Clark okay, The right. New Adventures of Superman so yeah. it's a real mishmash okay. but anyway so Victor Webster plays Matthias in this one right. um, again they're, they're they're bulking up the star star wattage um, <laughs> this one actually has quite a good cast better than the second one it has Ron Perlman okay. uh, Dave Bautista yeah. who's now in Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy yeah, in the next yeah. James Bond movie yeah. and our old favourite little link back to last week Billy Zane. Uh, Billy Zane is in Scorpion King. Behold, the great Scorpion King. From Universal Pictures and the producers of The Mummy comes an all-new movie. We march tonight. Two brothers at war. One kingdom divided. I will rise again and you will be crushed. A legendary warrior. Your mission is to defeat my brother. Defending his people. In a fight for redemption. It's time for battle. Ron Perlman. Billy Zane. Featuring Kimbo Slice and Dave Batista. The Scorpion King 3. Battle for Redemption. Coming to Blu-ray and DVD. January 2012. Um... And then, unbelievably, it's still it's still going. So, um, <laughs> because you know, moving on from straight to DVD, released um, direct to Netflix, January of this year, Scorpion King Four: Quest for Power. Because <laughs> um, again, it's a it's a knockout cast. Oh, right. Now, for the first time, you have the same actor coming back to play yeah. Matthias, Victor Webster. He's back. Oh, okay. So but <laughs> backing him up, you've got Michael Biehn of Terminator fame, still kicking about. Rutger Hauer. <laughs> Of Blade Runner and of Blade Runner and nothing else of note ever. <laughs> True blood of And and with top billing, if I was Victor Webster, I'd be a little bit annoyed. With top billing, Lou Ferrino, <laughs> <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. That's what. Is he even? What character is he? I bet he's not even a main character. Lou Ferrino. I, I, I'm like not, how I should get the lead in that? <laughs> what, what I'm, all I'm saying is Lou Ferrino's top billing, but when I searched his name, it features nowhere in the plot synopsis. Oh, so no. I can't imagine he's 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 playing a big role oh. there. Last of the Black Scorpion Warriors. We need your help from Universal Pictures. And the producers of The Mummy comes an all-new movie. The crown will be mine. When a great evil threatens their land, the fate of humanity rests with one man. I will hunt him down. I am not the person that you send to make peace. But yeah, I just find it absolutely fascinating that the Mummy franchise, as it, you know, that form of the franchise at least, is dead. But the Scorpion King spin-off franchise is still going. Is it lives on. The Scorpion King lives on. I mean, this this um, will apply to all these ones we're talking about, mm. but who do these films appeal to? Because they're obviously not big enough to be in the cinema or no. to be that, you know, to make much money. Yeah. But they're obviously big enough demand out there to keep making I don't know I don't know if the issue is that the audience isn't there for them because clearly like you say there is an audience some fans out there I think with these ones in particular where it's fantasy I think they know they can get away with having slightly lower production values right okay and because people kind of embrace that slightly um, tacky kind of tongue in cheek fantasy like the Sharknado yeah Sharknado sci-fi we'll get onto that in a minute actually but exactly that whole sci-fi TV movie um, vibe people love that so it's why would you you know, pay to make a big blockbuster Scorpion King 4 yeah. when it probably won't do that well or you can stick it on Netflix and probably make a ton of money. <laughs> so there you go. Well, it's completely different now. Completely right. different sort of theme. Um, my first choice of the city franchise, a bit girly. All right. 
The Land Before Time. All right, mate. All yeah. right, carry on. So The Land Before Time is, I, I remember watching these as a kid, <laughs> yeah. and it's like an animated dinosaur adventure. Yeah, no. Right, right the first one, yeah. right. It was Which I remember, I've, yeah. I've definitely seen the first one. It's so 1988. It's probably the only one anyone's ever seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was directed and produced by Don Bluth, who's like a really oh, renowned Oh, yeah. did he do like American Tale and all that sort yeah, of thing? Yeah, he, he did. I'll get it up now. Yeah. He did uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven and right. American Tale, The yeah. Secret of Nim, Anastasia, already oh, Secret you know, Dragon's great. Lair, the, the game. Yeah. Loads of cool stuff. So he's 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 like a big big deal. Yeah. And it was produced by Lucas and Spielberg. So right, okay. it's a lot of, you know. But since then, it's been followed by thirteen director video <laughs> musical sequels. The first one <laughs> wasn't for, a musical. No. Though. And a fourteenth is on its way. So it's fifteen and a TV time, series. Because I was I was aware that this was sort of, as we say, a kind of hidden gem yeah, yeah. franchise. Well, yeah. not about hidden gem, but certainly kind of a secret franchise, a franchise that people weren't aware of. Yeah. I thought there were about eight of them. No, yeah, keep going. Um, like the first one was actually quite um, like it had no songs in it. Yeah. It was it was quite dark and moving at times. Yeah. I'll play you a little clip now. All right. Like a lot of Disney films, yeah. like Lion King, Lion King. There's, there's there's bits in it which go. Oh, that's, yeah. that was, I'm not that sure that's that appropriate for children. Yeah, and it's a bit where the character called Littlefoot, his mother just dies. Right, Bambi style. Yeah, and it's yeah. just horrible. Mother! Oh. Please get up. I'm not sure I can, Littlefoot. Yes, you can. Get up. Do you remember the way to the Great Valley? I guess so. But why do I have to know you're going to be with me? I'll be with you. Even if you can't see me. What do you mean, if I can't see you? I can always see you. Littlefoot, let your heart guide you. It whispers. So listen closely. Mother? Mother? That's a bit much, isn't it? Now, the like reboot, this is yeah. all this podcast is doing is making me revisit my childhood traumas. See, for me, like anything to do with um, mums or dads, yeah. for whatever reason, that always gets me going. Yeah. You know, I think as a kid, Disney love was, it, you know, and then yeah. Land Before Time as well. Yeah. So the first one was actually quite dark and, and moving and, yeah. and whatever. And it all takes, it's all about a group of young dinosaurs mm-hmm. called Littlefoot, Sarah or Sarah, Petri, Ducky and Spike. And do all, is it 50, all 15 movies follow the yeah, same characters? Yeah, different like actors and stuff yeah. like, all the way, but yeah, little dinosaurs. The first one was just about them trying to get home or whatever, but, yeah. but then I don't know what, I don't delve much into the, <laughs> I don't get the plot of every single film, that's yeah. quite a lot. Once upon this same earth, beneath the same sun, long before you, before the ape and the elephant as well, before the mammoth and the mastodon, in the time of the dinosaurs. That's the basic thing. And you think, yeah, of course you're going to do a sequel. Yeah. Because the first one was, much, was probably very, yeah. you know. A lot, of, a lot of great Disney movies have spawned mediocre sequels, apart from uh, <laughs> Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar, <laughs> which, not which I maintain is, is superior to the original Aladdin. Yeah. A lot of people disagree with me. <laughs> we're not talking Aladdin and the Prince of Thieves, we're talking Return of Jafar. Like the third one? There's the, the third one. Or maybe King of Thieves, you know, I'll have to look it up. King okay. of Thieves. Return of Jafar, amazing. That was two wishes. Take your time with the third. Oh, you will wish you had never been born. I'm getting off topic. <laughs> <laughs> Land of Time 2, you can understand why they yeah, did yeah. it. 
So they obviously went for the much more softer and slower uh, to be aimed at like a younger audience. Okay. Um, and then they kept releasing these on an average of one every... Because the first one was 1988. The animation takes a while to throw yeah, together. Yeah. But the second one was until 94. But after then, there was at least one every year, pretty much. Maybe okay. every other year. But, so how... how what's the ti- but, timeline? So, wh- okay, so, so 1988 was the first one. 94 is the second one. 94 was the When's second one. When's the most one? recent so, one? Like now. So in 94, it was the Great Valley Adventure. And by the way... I always imagine these in those videos, like, The Land Before Time, <laughs> The Great Valley Adventure, only on VHS. Yeah. So you've got uh, The Time of the Great Giving was in 95. Right. Journey Through the Mists was in 96. The Mysterious Island in 97. The Secret of Cyrus Rock in 98. The Stone of Cold Fire in 2000. The Big Freeze in 2001. Journey to Big Water in 2002. The Great Long Neck Migration in 2003. <laughs> Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses in 2005. <laughs> The Great Day of the Flyers in 2006, The Wisdom of Friends in 2007, <laughs> and coming up, Journey of the Heart this year. But the but, thing yeah. is, that's, that's a, a, so what's a six, that's 21 years these <laughs> yeah. movies have been coming out. Yeah. Like, any kid who watched the first one, like yeah. us, they'll, yeah. be, they'll be in their late 20s yeah. by now. It's like, who are they aiming who at? Who are they aiming yeah. it for? I can't believe, like, we're not watching these films now. No. And, like, are little kids going to be watching Land Before Time 15? I don't know. I, like unless it's a generational thing where you, yeah. you go sit down, son, watch Land Before Time, like I did back in day. Like I don't know what the, what the motivation is behind these films. Welcome to the Land Before Time, the number one best-selling animated movie series, full of upbeat songs and playful stories about friendship, loyalty, and growing up. With lovable Littlefoot, let's go. Devoted Ducky, oh I believe it. Yep, yep, yep. Eager Chomper. Panicky Petrie, <laughs> Gentle Giant Spike, and Sweet but Strong-Willed Sarah. A little goofy whoopus. <laughs> and now, the adventure continues. The Wisdom of Friends. Explore the fun and exciting Land Before Time collection today. Land Before Time. So, it also had a TV series, 2007, featuring the actual cast. Because I think the last few films have had the same cast members. Okay. And that had the same cast. Had two sing-along albums and things. Jesus. Um... Uh, the first sequel had songs written by the Roaches or Roaches I never know how to pronounce them they're like a great Irish-American trio they're okay. like really good it's yeah. like what are you getting involved in that for? <laughs> and then the maybe fourth... they thought it could be as good as Return of Jafar <laughs> <laughs> and they had yeah. hopes up but uh, it's funny because Michael Clark Duncan was in Scorpion King wasn't he? I, he think. I think he was let me have a check yeah because he was in the 2005 film uh, of Land Before Time. There we go. <laughs> he was in uh, Invasion of the Tiny Sauruses as, <laughs> as a character called Big Daddy. Which definitely has my favourite um, of, all, of all the subtitles. <laughs> so he was in that. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan was in the Scorpion There you King. go, little link. And in 2007, this, uh, which film was that? That was uh, Wisdom of Friends that had Sandra Oh and Cuba Cooding Jr. Why are these yeah. great actors? Yeah. Still, like, yeah. like Cuba at that point was could have done with a, a gig. So yeah. But Sandra Oh was in Grey's Anatomy then, so yeah. she did not need to be doing Sideways, that's yeah. Oscar-nominated yeah, yeah. movie. And... So... There we go. Um, yeah, and the TV series uh, was only one season, but it had twenty six episodes in two thousand and seven. So, not much really to say about it. It's just the <laughs> fact that it's just the fact that it's got that many films. I just find it fascinating. It's got to be second only to say like the James Bond franchise in terms of just number of movies. Yeah, I mean it's probably nowhere near in terms of actual gross. <laughs> I can't, I can't imagine. Maybe they'll do the Netflix thing next. In terms it would of make it. sense, wouldn't it? I can't imagine yeah. anyone's buying Land Before Time fifteen on Blu-ray. But maybe it's like a My Little Pony thing where there's you know there's a massive fan base out there yeah. for grown adults, but yeah. also a lot of men like yeah. straight men. Yeah. Love My Little Pony. Yeah. There's a massive thing about it. Maybe it's the same Land so, Before Time. Maybe it's a, just a, there's a niche for everybody exactly. out there. Come on, every pony, smile, smile, smile. Fill your heart up with sunshine. 
sunshine, sunshine. All I really need is a smile, smile, smile from these happy friends of mine. All right, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it back now, taking back the reins, and I'm going into slightly more adult, slight, okay. very, very slightly more adult right. territory. Have you heard of this film, Lake Placid? I don't know. Okay, yeah. so it's kind of like a comedy horror that was released in 1999, okay. and it's about a giant man-eating crocodile. Come and get it! Disgusting. Okay. Um, now it's no, it's no Jaws. Let's <laughs> let's make that clear. But it's sort of like it's a tongue-in-cheek. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's humorous horror movie. Um, it was kind of split the critics, but audiences quite enjoyed it, and it did quite well at the box office. It was, it was quite a hit. What I never knew is that Lake Placid spawned four sequels. Okay. All right. So many, in fact, that I was, as I was looking this up, I was doing some research. There's a subsection on Wikipedia called <laughs> Killer Crocodile Films. <laughs> Who's what looking they, that up? What, well, how many can there be? How exactly? How many can there be? But are they all in the same? Not all Lake Placid. Just a whole, a whole little subgenre of killer crocodiles. Does that include like Hook and Peter Pan? <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it's every single Peter Pan movie. I hate, I hate, I hate Peter Pan. But so unlike, um, say, Scorpion King, yeah. Lake Placid didn't go the straight to DVD route. Okay. Um, it went straight to the TV movie route. Ah. Um, so that you will see on Channel Five later. later exactly. Yeah. But again. Like, it, it took eight years for some reason. So eight years on, they decided, now's the right time for a straight-to-television Lake Placid sequel on, where else? The Sci-Fi Channel, as we said. Um, yeah. So there was Lake Placid 2 starring uh, John Schneider of Dukes of Hazard and Smallville fame. <laughs> Come fall in love with Lake Placid all over again. I got into this so I could meet sexy eco-warrior chicks who don't shave their legs. Come for the fishing. I think you better get another harpoon ready. John Schneider. After a while, crocodile. Sam McMurray. Let's strap up and don't kill us a croc. Cloris Leachman. Till you get yourself a warrant, you can go piss up a rope, Columbo. Lake Placid 2, the unrated version. Learned it in the Boy Scouts. That's a tough now, are you? Yeah! Own it now on DVD. Three years on, yeah. 2010, you get uh, Lake Placid 3, okay. which is directed by this guy, I love his name, Griff First. Griff First directed it. <laughs> so they didn't bother creating a funny name for that, it was just Lake Placid 3. Just Lake Placid 3, okay. this, yeah. Um, then it <laughs> stars, stars such luminaries as Emmerdale actress Roxanne Pallet. Really? Yeah. I bought a new bikini for this trip, so I have to use it, whether the water is freezing or not. <laughs> How many elk did you say you bought? Too many. I'm starting to think it's not a poacher. A new breed of terror. There's nothing in that lake bigger than a truck. Has evolved. Oh, something bit me. Oh, yeah, right. They're smarter. Hurry up! They're hungrier. Teddy, no! And this time... Even more deadly. Colin Ferguson, Nancy Butler, and Michael Ironside. I'd say that thing's a little bigger than a damn trap! Lake Placid 3. Oh, wait, but it, it carries on because in 2012, then, you have Lake Placid, the final chapter. There you go. <laughs> That's more like it. Starring Robert Englund, who played Freddy Krueger yeah. in the Nightmare on Elm Street series, and 
EastEnders veteran Paul Nichols. <laughs> Nich sure. Nichols and England together yeah. at last. After 13 years of unending terror. You again? Get ready. Get out of the water! For one last bite. Yancey Butler. This would be a good time to run. And Nightmare on Elm Street's Robert England. Kitty, 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 kitty. Lake Placid, the final chapter. On DVD. <laughs> but, but, the reason I, I picked this one in particular is because, you know, the, 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 the sort of the logical conclusion to all of this madness. In 2015, this year, we had a crossover Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Oh, which, no. First of all, that title makes no sense because Lake Placid is a still body of water. Yeah. <laughs> Lake Placid. <laughs> get him wet. Lake Placid is not the name of the giant crocodile. Okay. But anyway, so are you aware of the film Anaconda? Yeah, yeah again, I've not seen it. Right, so Anaconda um, released in 1997, a couple of years before the first Lake Placid. Sort of similar vein. It's kind of like a fun, silly monster movie about a giant anaconda snake that eats people. And it stars, again, an amazing cast... Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, John Voight, <laughs> Danny Trejo, and Ice Cube. <laughs> like, Wait, what was this then? So it's nineteen ninety-seven. Anaconda. What the fuck are you doing? Can't catch anacondas with our bait. So it's an. It's an so totally it, missed out on this. I quite enjoy it. It's a guilty pleasure, Anaconda, yeah. but it got bad reviews. Right. It won a ton of Razzie awards. Um, so naturally, someone, uh, <laughs> you know, seven years later. I don't know why these always these strange gaps. Seven years later, thought, I tell you what, that that deserves a sequel. <laughs> so you've got anacondas, anacondas, <laughs> aliens. colon, the hunt for the blood orchid, starring... Uh, I, mem I actually remember this. Yeah, but starring, I don't know what, what this weird yeah. like, theme is, Coronation Street's Matthew Marsden. Um, why? But why soap stars? I don't know why soap stars are always attracted you, to these movies. Well, it's like Sam Strike about to star, star with Stephen Dorff in... <laughs> in, uh, the, was it? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, the, the, the new uh, Leatherface movie, yeah. yeah. We're looking for the Blood Orchid. It holds the key to the Fountain of Youth, and it will make us rich. We're billionaires. Yeah. Holy bloody hell. Anaconda. Anacondas. The hunt for the Blood Orchid. It's mating season. So you tell me there's some snake orgy out in the jungle? But uh, anacondas somehow somehow got cinematic release. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. How did this film come out in cinema? Yeah. But baffling. So after that, they learnt their lesson. Okay. Um, you're straight to sci-fi yeah. for, for the anaconda yeah. series. Um, you then got Anaconda Three: Offspring in 2007, starring and I shit you not. David Hasselhoff. <laughs> By this point, they're just taking the piss. Uh, they know they, they've gone full blown, yeah. full blown parody. It is one of the deadliest predators. Evolution ever created. The Anaconda. We need backup ASAP. She's about to give birth. In about 12 hours, this entire country is going to be overrun with baby snakes. Once you see this thing, you unload everything you can until it stops moving, and you shoot only for the head. David Hasselhoff, Crystal Allen, Anaconda 3, Offspring. On DVD October 21st. But, but, much as, uh, uh, what was he, what was he even called again? Michael Copon, um, <laughs> ditched, ditched the Scorpion King franchise. He, he didn't want to be bad. He had better things to yeah, do. Yeah. Even Hasselhoff wasn't around for Anaconda's Trail of Blood oh, in 2009. Really? It plummeted to such a low, and Hasselhoff was replaced by uh, Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage in the first Mortal Kombat movie. First, it was discovered. 
then it evolved. Now, terror mutates. Anaconda's trail of blood. Coming soon. Yeah, so, um, so all these are technically in the same universe, the Anacondas and the Lake Placid. It's another one, the shared universe, right, the okay. Anaconda Lake Placid universe. <laughs> and Lake Placid versus Anaconda, again doesn't make any sense, was released, um, or it was, it was aired, sorry, in April um, of this year. And the plot brief is killer crocodiles and giant anacondas clash in this thriller about corporate greed and science gone wrong. See, uh. everyone says they're shallow, it's about corporate greed. <laughs> corporate, yes, yes, deep, yeah. So there you go, just utter bonkers horror movie madness you can make cinematic universes out of everything you literally can if they're doing Lake Placid meets Anaconda all bets are off as far as I'm concerned well back to me a bit of a change of pace this is the God of Gamblers series um, right which I've never heard of in my life it's from Hong Kong and it's a comedy the first one was a comedy drama film in 1989 starring Chow Yun Fat okay big big star yeah yeah and I'm guessing in Hong Kong and and maybe in in the eastern world it's, it's a big Franchise, I guess right. it's quite a big deal, but yeah. I think we're fair to say that it's not that well known. Have these films even come out I don't know. In, the, in, in the US and the UK? They probably have on DVD or something, but maybe know. they're on Netflix, that kind of thing. I mean, it's described as a comedy drama, and bear in mind, I haven't watched this. Okay. But I've watched clips on YouTube. You yeah. can actually watch the entire fi- like first few films on YouTube, they're right. all on there. Through un- unofficial means. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, if you wanted to give it a go, it's on there. And it says it's a comedy drama, and I suppose there's comedy bits in it, but bits I saw are pretty. The first one, at least. Right. They've got, very, they've got a very different idea yeah. of what comedy is. Yeah. I'll, I'll do a description of the first film, and then oh. I'll get on to the rest of the film. Yeah. So the first one is about uh, this world-famous gambler called Po Chung. Which is China Fat. Yeah. Right. And so renowned and talented at winning various games of chance that he is referred to as a god of gamblers. He can, I, sorry, can, I can you be talented at winning games of chance? <laughs> I'm not sure you can. Deal, but no deal. Moving on. Yeah. He keeps his identity secret from the public and avoids taking photos so his face isn't recognised, like, I don't know, Banksy or something. <laughs> Alright. Uh, but is known for three characteristics his slick back hairstyle, <laughs> his love of Fedora brand chocolate, or Theodora brand chocolate, right. and his jade pinky ring. All right. Make of that what you will. <laughs> if people know his characteristics, he's not doing that well at like, keeping incognito, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. is he? But all right. Uh, a basic plot: he has lots of rivals. He accidentally gets struck on the head by a, f- a fan, not right. a spinning fan, a fan, <laughs> like, a fan boy, a fanatic. Yeah. yeah. He loses all his memory and he becomes a bit like Rain Man. And right. this bloke that accidentally hits him realizes he's good at gambling, and uh, names him Chocolates just because of his. Love he loves of chocolate. chocolate. All right. But he realizes he's good at gambling and uses him. Whatever. Okay. But assassins who are his rivals are still coming after him okay of course and eventually after a lot of bloody fighting and mm. his wife gets well his girlfriend gets killed he eventually gets his memory back and he takes part in a big game of five card stud between him and some rivals um, and he, yeah, yeah he, apparently he gives his rival special glasses that help him cheat on the game but then he himself uses special contact lenses himself to double cheat what, why, why but it's he... back in 1989, so how they had special contact lenses back then, I don't know. Why does he help his... Why doesn't he just use I his powers because, of skill to win? I think it's because he wanted to... He was At one point, he's faking that he lost his memory and he's trying to get back at these people. Oh, I... It's probably a lot easier if you actually watch it. Yeah. But anyway, so you had the God of Gamblers series. Yeah. So you've now got the... God of Gamblers 2, Sweet yeah, yeah. Chocolate. Or something like that. <laughs> Sweet like chocolate. So you've got the God of Gamblers series, which is the official series. 
then you've also got loads of spin-offs and parodies which then spawn their own sequels how many God, God of Gambler right, so we'll do the official God of Gambler series first baffling so the first one is 1989 yeah second one God of Gambler 2 in 91 alright uh, that film continues where the original uh, left off um, this time oh this is when it gets really complicated <laughs> So already, already complicated. Yeah. Okay. So in between, before this one came out in yeah. 1990, there was a, a spin-off yeah. called All for the Winner. In between one and two. Yeah. Right. So it's a parody, and there's a, a Stephen Chow who plays this Saint of Gamblers character. Yeah. And then the second one, it, feel, it continues where the original got a gambler's story left off, but it brings back um, Stephen Chow's character from All for the Winner. Chow in fact didn't appear in this film. So there's a, there's God of Gamblers. Yeah. Then there's a parody, yeah. and then, then there's a sequel to God of Gamblers, which features the character yeah. from the parody. But that's like if you did a yeah. James Bond movie featuring yeah. Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. Exactly. Uh, but Yun Fat's character did show up for a brief cameo appearance using archive footage, if you want to count that. Okay. Uh, then you had um, God of Gamblers 3, Back to Shanghai. <laughs> right. I think that was 92. Then you had God of Gamblers Returns in 94. Also released, this is when it gets fucking ridiculous. <laughs> also released under the name God of Gamblers 2. But not God of Gamblers 2, Roman numerals 2. So this is the true sequel to the original God of Gamblers film. So it's, but this is God so, of Gamblers 4? Yeah, so God of Gamblers Returns is the first one that Chow Yun-Fat came back. Oh, okay. So, so, so God... you had God of Gamblers 2 and God of Gamblers 3, which were technically not the official sequel, but they kind of are, because they're not the parodies. So God of Gamblers 4 yeah. is the official sequel to God of Gamblers. Yeah. God of Gamblers 2 and 3 don't count, but God of Gamblers 2 <laughs> features the character from the parody of God of Gamblers yeah, 1. Yeah, yeah. All right. Then you've got God of Gamblers... Just so I'm, just so I'm up to date. Then in 1997, you've got God of Gamblers 3, the early stage. We've already had a God of Gamblers this is bloody 3. This is God of Gamblers 3 too. Yeah, so, but this one was a successful prequel to the original God of Gamblers. Oh, this is even worse than and the Scorpion game. And it's starring someone else as Chai Young Fat's character. So, again, it's not even... And it says, it may be assumed that this is a reboot to the God of Gambler series. What? Just assumed, by the way. <laughs> um, because of the inconsistencies with the previously established story of God of Gamblers. Wait, this is, this is God of Gamblers 3? Yes. So God of Gamblers... The second th- 3. So the second third film they made <laughs> yeah. is, a is also a prequel and a reboot. And a reboot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. They, people say Hollywood's bad. And then they released last year, From Vegas to Macau. Is that how you pronounce it, I think? Macau, yeah. This film once again stars Chai Yun Fat as a gifted gambler, though his character in the film's plot is unrelated to the God of Gambler series. However, Chow, in a dual role, makes a cameo appearance as the original God of Gamblers, Ko Chun, at the end of the film. <laughs> so it's sort of like a remake, but, but he features yeah. as his character from the originals, yeah. but the same actor. Yeah. So he's in two characters. Uh, and then they've got from Vegas to Macau 2 coming out this year. Which is, which is a sequel to the remake, yeah. but sort of a spin off. Yeah. Oh. We haven't finished. Oh, what? This is the spin-off. So yeah, maybe you had All for the Winner in 1990, yeah. which was the one which... That, that was yeah, the parody, parody that later became part of the main series. Yeah, then you had, in 91... There sequels to this. Yeah, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Then you got The Top Bet in 91, which was a spin-off of All for the Winner, which was the parody, with only several characters from the original reprising their role, including Stephen Chow, who made a cameo appearance. And then you had Fist of Fury 91, which is Stephen Chow's character as a cameo appearance. So again, it's in the same universe. Another spin-off, though. Yeah, and then yeah. Fist of Fury 91 2. Right. <laughs> It's just a sequel to the one I just mentioned. But it's because it's called Fist of Fury 91. Is, yeah. that, is that a remake of the old Bruce Lee movie, Fist of Fury? Yeah, probably, yeah. So it's probably a remake of that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you've got Fight Back to School. It's not a real spin-off to the Gold Gamma series, except the main characters are played by the same actor duo as in All for the Winner. So that's, that's sort of like a sister yeah. franchise. Then you've got Fight Back to School 2 and 3. And then, yeah. And then you've got Saint of Gamblers, which is a spin-off of the All for the Winner series. And then you've got My Wife as a Gambling Maestro, a parody <laughs> of the first film... The very uh, first. The, the parody of All for the Winner, which was a parody of... God a parody of, of a parody. <laughs> yeah. 
um, but it's got a completely different cast and it's got a romantic comedy plotline. All right. So there if, you go. If that's, anyone that's listening to this has any idea what Tom just said, <laughs> please do get in touch because normally the idea is that we educate each other on geeky things. I don't know. I completely, I completely lost track. I think he completely lost track of the Gods of Gambler series. Yeah, yeah. That was just... I, I'm not going to go at you here, but that was, that was utter gibberish. I'm, mate. Just, I'm just reading off. I know you are. It's not yeah. your fault, but that was utter gibberish. So... We've got sequels, we've got prequels, we've got parodies, we've got remakes, we've got reboots, we've got new films with the same characters, yeah. and remakes of old films of Bruce Lee. I thought them doing sorts. another Spider-Man film was bad. they got nothing on Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah. My goodness. I, there you go. After a while, I just think people just take the piss and they don't care about uh, you know continuity and, and canon. And I, I, I don't believe the producers have even any clue what's going on anymore. I think that's just fans who have created a Wikipedia page going, uh, yeah, that's totally to do with that film. Yeah. It's like, not really. Seeing so. connections where they aren't there. Well, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, this is the last part of, of this podcast, the final act. And I thought researching this, that this was complicated. <laughs> It's nothing compared to uh, God of Gamblers, but, <laughs> but this, this in itself is quite, um, is quite a, a strange little story okay. to unfold. Dawn of the Dead, 1978 zombie movie. Yeah, yeah. You, you haven't seen it, right? I but, think I have seen it. Okay, but you, you're aware of yeah, it. Yeah. And um, that in itself was part of a franchise. Because in 1968, uh, George Romero made Night of the Living Dead. Right, yeah. And Night of the Living Dead's just an incredibly important movie because yeah. it kind of popularised the modern idea of a zombie. In much the same way as like the Bela Lugosi... Yeah. Uh, Dracula movie created the idea of Dracula as we know him <laughs> same with again Boris Karloff going back to him the, the, his idea of Frankenstein's monster is like the classic Frankenstein's monster yep. the idea of the kind of zombie sh- shuffling and eating flesh even that was all Romero he created the modern zombie so ten years later he makes a sort of sort of semi-sequel I'd call it it's a Dawn of the Dead yeah. which is um, there's, there's no characters in common from, from Night but it's kind of set in the same world, world. Uh, kind of like a later stage of the zombie so did, uprising. Did they say at the time that this is... Yeah, it was promoted as a right. sequel. It's an official okay. sequel. It's just kind of doesn't pick up with the other characters, um, mainly because they're all dead. <laughs> um, so it's, it, but it is a sequel, but kind of like a sideways sequel. In 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. Get it gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. No more room in hell. The dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. Then in 1985, um, there's another kind of sequel along similar lines. No, no direct ties, but it's set in the same world, which is uh, Day of the Dead. And those three are kind of considered Night, Dawn, and Day. They're like Romero's classic uh, zombie yeah. trilogy. I'm there's, with you. <laughs> there's, then, there's then a couple more um, films he made later on in his career, which is um, Land of the Dead and Diary of the Dead. We don't really talk about those. <laughs> um, but then there's also um, remakes each, but like each is, each is like an individual, unconnected thing. A remake of Night, a remake of Dawn, and a remake of Day. So and they're not in the same they, they, universe? They're not in the same universe. They were all produced Are they individually. Each, but each, no, they're not in their own. Separate it's not like a remake right. universe. Each film is, is a separate remake of okay. each film. Although weirdly, Ving Rhames, he appears in both the Dawn of the Dead remake and the Day of the Dead remake, but, but playing different characters. Just, just coincidence. I took my chances. Don't be an idiot. 
please, there's people here right now could use your help. Fuck y'all. Now, this in itself would maybe be enough for this episode, <laughs> but oh no, it gets far more tangled with zombie. Because um, there's this Italian horror director called Dario Argento, who his most famous film um, is probably uh, Suspiria, right. which came out in uh, 1977. That is, is one of the best. Yeah, it's like one of the most famous international horror movies of all yeah. time, uh, hugely acclaimed, came out one year before uh, Dawn of the Dead. And so when George Romero was trying to secure funding for Dawn, Dario Argento helped him to secure the money, but in exchange he asked for the rights to make his own cut of the final movie for kind of international audiences in Italy and sort of Europe. Yeah. So Dario Argento then uh, re-edits Dawn of the Dead, he puts in new music, uh, he takes out certain scenes and uh, releases it in Italy and Europe under the title Zombie. Now that's weird enough, but here's where it gets really odd because in 1979, then, one year after uh, Dawn slash Zombie came out, yeah. there's another Italian director, Lucio Fulci, he makes um, Zombie 2, which was marketed as a sequel to Zombie, which is Argento's cut of Dawn. Okay. Um, and again, it's pretty much a, a standalone movie, and it was, um, it's actually called, it's such a standalone movie, it's called Zombie Flesh Eaters in the UK. So in the UK, it's not, it's not, it wasn't treated as a sequel to Zombie. Right. But in Italy, it was promoted as a sequel to Zombie. They're coming back to life. They're everywhere. So whatever it is, it makes the dead stand up and walk. Then in 1988, you've got Zombie 3, also known as Zombie Flesh Eaters 2. Ah. And, and, and this is where it gets really complicated, because I had to, I have to directly quote the Wikipedia yeah. entry here. So it says, Zombie 3, open brackets, also known as Zombie Flesh Eaters 2 in the UK, close brackets, is the 1988 follow-up to Zombie 2, itself an unofficial sequel to 1978's Dawn of the Dead, open brackets, released in Italy as Zombie, close brackets. So th- <laughs> this, this is where I think beer doesn't help because <laughs> I'm, I am lost. You're lost. It's, this, this, is an unof- this is the second in uh, a series of unofficial sequels to the Italian edit of Dawn of the Dead. Okay. You following? Yeah. Um, and then there were two more films in the Zombie franchise, um, there's a, a fourth movie and then the, the final one called Zombie 5 Killing Birds which which A barely features zombies and B only one death by bird so that title that title is absolute, absolute gibberish I mean you can probably find it you know they probably get someone to sell you it down the pub okay. if you're desperate to see Zombie 5 slash Zombie Flesh Eaters 4 um, well I think that's Wow. That was well, utterly baffling. We have had quite a journey today. Yeah. We've had everything from uh, kid dinosaurs <laughs> to uh, god of gamblers. To flesh-eating birds yeah. to the scorpion kings. So, again, thanks for joining us, Thank as you. ever. Um, we'll be back next time. Uh, it's going to be... We, again, we're going to stay away from the kids' TV show type thing. For a little bit. It's kind of kids' TV show. I consider it to be a kids' rude, TV show. Rude, rude. Uh, Morgan is known as a massive Doctor Who fan, and he's going to be teaching me all about it, because mm. I pretty much know nothing. I'm going to I'm going to present Tom with a sort of beginner's guide to Doctor Who, how yeah. you should start watching Doctor Who if you've never really watched it before. Um, as ever, you can go to our Twitter page, which is at 2GeeksCast, and you can give us requests or just... Tell us how great we are. Or yeah, please do. And there's also two geeks, two beers. wordpresscom is the website, and you can subscribe on iTunes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. We always leave you with um, a little something to, to play you out, and uh, we've got something here which is uh, related to, to that last little piece. It's a tune written by Herbert Chapel in 1965, <laughs> and later co-opted by George Romero for the end credits of Dawn of the Dead. Uh, this is the Gonk.
<laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>